Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Wednesday, May 25th edition of the Basement Academy. Our morning psalm is one of my favorites, Psalm 85, for the director of music of the sons of Korah. They were the um, worship leaders uh, in, the, uh, in the temple. You showed favor to your land, O Lord. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Restore us again, O God, our Savior, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. He promises peace to his people, his saints, but let them not return to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. Mm. I love that last little section. That love and faithfulness meeting together, righteousness and peace kissing each other. Faithfulness bringing forth, righteousness coming down to this, this kind of unity of heaven and earth and the blessing that God desires for our lives. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. Okay, so that's going to come into play in our study today from James. Let me read just a portion uh, of what we've been studying this week. Uh, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Hearing and doing. Don't be hearers only be a doer of the word. That's how some translations, uh, or how some of us learned this, this passage. That the, it's important that we not, um, that, that it's important that we keep the passage in the context of the trials. We're still in that, the difficulties, challenges uh, that we face in this East of Eden life. We must listen to the word of God, hear the word of God, accept, uh, humbly accept the word planted in us, but we must do it also. So James is addressing this, this kind of two sides of the coin, hearing the word of God and doing the word of God, hearing and doing. It's probably some Old Testament 
background or framework or illusions going on here. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Keep these commandments. Teach them to your children. Impress them on your children. Uh, when you rise and when you sit, when you go out and when you come in, speak to your children of these commandments. Okay? So, hear, O Israel. The hearing is matched by the doing. Uh, Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who meditates on God's word day and night. Whatever he does prospers. And so it's meditating, hearing, receiving God's word, and then living into uh, the fullness of that. Um, clearly an echo from the Sermon on the Mount going on here. Uh, again, I mentioned that, that James, I think, is basically commentary uh, on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So in Matthew uh, chapter 7, you have the two builders, the wise and foolish builder. The wise man builds his house upon the rock. So when the storm comes, there's the trial, right? So when the storm comes, that house that is has foundation that's been built upon the rock, that will stand. But the house that's built on the sand, it will, it will be destroyed uh, in the storm. But I think we, we may forget what it is that how Jesus begins that. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. Hmm. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The context of, of that little parable there, that image Jesus gives, is the storms. It's not if the storms come, when the storms come, when the rain beats down, when the waters rise, when you're in trial, if when you're being tested, if you've not built your life upon the word of God, if you haven't heard the word and begun to put it into practice, the, the trial is going to overwhelm you. The storm will, will overwhelm you. James kind of gives introduces a different illustration here. So he's kind of the echo of the, the wise and foolish builders. He talks about looking at a mirror. So if you listen to the word but don't do what it says, you're like a person who looks in the mirror and after looking at yourself, see that your hair's all messed up. Maybe you have a little little barbecue sauce, you know, on your chin or something like that. You, you, you look at you look at yourself in the mirror, but you don't pay attention to it. You don't amend, you know, you don't do anything with that. So reading the word, but not responding to the word, listening to the word, but not responding to the word is like the foolish person who looks in the mirror and then does nothing about amending their uh, appearance, uh, addressing their, uh, the, the, their appearance. So again, there's kind of a folly that is noted there. Okay. Biblically speaking, theologically speaking, unless you do, you have not heard. Okay? Unless you do, you have not heard. Uh, we know this to be true uh, in family life. We speak to our children Hey, kids, pick up your rooms before you come to dinner. Okay, mom. 
they come to dinner, you go to tuck in for bed, and the rooms are not picked up. Uh, didn't you hear what I said? Yeah, I heard you. Well, it doesn't appear that you heard me. <laughs> or in, cla in the class, you know, to hear the teacher explain the math problem is different than actually being able to do the math, prob math problem. And so this is part of the human condition. We hear, but don't do. We think that in the hearing of a thing, we have the thing, right? And, 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 it, and it's, we all fall prey to this. this, this there's no one who's, who, who's, um, who gets a pass on this. Men, women, boys, girls, this is part of the human condition, the hearing without the doing. Adam and Eve heard God not to eat that tree. You can eat of any tree. You had complete freedom, freedom to eat of any tree in the garden, but this one. Adam, what you did, you know, and they actually did the very opposite of what God um, uh, declared. And so, this is a manifestation of sin in our lives also. There, it, it, there's a, there's a, a break, a fracture, um, a, a disconnect. That's probably the better way of saying it, a disconnect. God has given us the capacity to hear. You're hearing me now. But much of life is to be heard and then practiced, okay? Any of, I mean, all the skills that we develop over the years from, you know, artistic, athletic, um, math, science, domestic skills, really anything, the trades, it requires a hearing and then a doing. And, and so obedience is always the game. Practicing what you've heard and learned is always the game. Interestingly, in the Greek language, in our Greek New Testament, the word hear is akuo, or like acoustics, right? So, so listening or hearing has to do with akuo. That's, that's the, the, the root word where we get our word acoustics, sound. Obedience is hoop akuo, like hyper hearing, okay? The hoop is like where we get our hyper. And so, or actually, it's, it's, it's technically hoop-o, to sit under, okay? Hyper is being above, hoop-o is to be under. So, hoop obedience is to be under the sound of the Word of God, to be under the sound of the mother or father, to be under the sound of the teacher, to listen, to hear, and then do. To, to be under that Word is to do the word, okay? So we sit under the teachings of Jesus. We receive these teachings as from above, but to receive the teaching is to do the teaching, is to live the teaching, right? So sorry for that. Uh, hypo and, and hyper are two different words, uh, two different prefixes. So obedience is always the game. Remember how Jesus commissions his followers? Um, go uh, to all nations, and make disciples, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and what? Teach them to obey or observe or to keep all the things I have taught. Hmm. And so James points out this notion of self-deception. 
Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And then he tells the story of the mirror, looking to the mirror. The person, you have deceived yourself. You've looked into the mirror. You've seen that you need some attention, need to comb your hair and wash your face. You deceive yourself just because you become aware of the thing does not mean you have done the thing. To become aware that there is sin in your life and a need and a, a falling short does not address the need. You need to turn and embrace Jesus, the Christ. <laughs> you need to embrace him and put your trust in him and begin to follow him, okay? To hear that you need to forgive somebody for the offenses that they've brought against you does not mean you have forgiven them. <laughs> How does our Lord's Prayer say it? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And at the end of that prayer in, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, remember he said, if you do not forgive your brother, I will not forgive you. And so there's this connection. I, we want the, the forgiveness, but we don't want to extend the forgiveness. So to, to receive the forgiveness is to extend the forgiveness. And so there's this deception. We, we think we can hear and we've understood. You may understand cognitively, but there is a practice that needs to be uh, in your life. And so I, I like to, to, to lift this up and this runs the risk of having you turn off your computer in a couple minutes or your, your um, iPhone if you're listening on the podcast. The danger of many Bible studies one of the blessings of our um, evangelical Christian tradition, our conservative Christian, Bible-centered Christian tradition uh, at a church like Greenwich, one of the blessings is that we offer many Bible studies. Sunday morning, we study the scriptures from the pulpit, right? We open up the text, we read the text, we try to interpret and apply the text. But we, like many churches uh, of our tradition, have Bible studies throughout the week. Men's studies, women's studies, youth studies. We have a thing called the Basement Academy where the pastor teaches daily, taking the word and trying to unpack it. The blessing is that we have many opportunities to hear the word of God and go deep in our understanding. The danger of that is we become a people who merely listen to the word but don't put it into practice. We because it's what, what's really hard, almost every Bible study has some aspect of application because of what James teaches here and is taught elsewhere in Scripture. Do the Word of God. So we understand that doing the Word is where this goes. So preachers, you know, unpack the text, give some context, give some illustrations, help people to understand it, then apply it. Here's what you do. But the problem is when you're, when you're studying the Bible with different groups or personally or individually, several different Bible studies each week, it becomes virtually impossible to hear, understand, integrate, and do all the things that those studies are, are pointing you to. And so we, we run the risk, and this is why I say the danger of many Bible studies, we run the risk of deceiving ourselves because I've attended the study, I've listened to the word, I've mastered the word, I'm doing the word. No, 
you've only done half the equation. <laughs> you know, half half of the story is is left untold or un unlived. And so it's it's putting into practice the things that we hear. But the challenge is practicing God's word takes some time because we have habits and patterns and tendencies that are well established in our lives. And so if the scripture calls me, you know, I often talk about praying the Psalms and, you know, we, we went through this whole study on character formation and the spiritual disciplines and, and, and building into our lives these practices. That, that just takes time. And so, so there's a little, you know, danger here. So I understand if you want to turn off the computer right now and never listen to the Basement Academy again, I would get it. I would understand. And that'd be okay with me as long as you stay faithful to some expression of Bible study and you just try to go deep. Just go deep. And so learn to practice. Try to engage the, the truth that, 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 that comes to us. So what do we do when our knowledge exceeds our obedience or our practice? And this is true for all of us, right? This is true for all of us. Our knowledge of the faith, our understanding of the faith far exceeds our, our obedience and our practice. And so this is why, you know, James talks about putting a tight rein on our tongue. Because <laughs> we can all talk a good game. Oh, yeah, I went to study, went to church, great sermon. You know, boy, it was a great Bible study, um, etc. We talk a good game. <laughs> And so this is why the the passage, this passage ends kind of strangely. If anyone considers himself religion, does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself, his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and keep yourself unstained or uh, you know from the pollution of the world. How does how do we go from hearing and doing to widows and orphans? Because the heart of God is to practice our faith in a way that moves towards real needs in the world. So I'm going to address that late, later in the week. I'm going to get to that on Friday. So anyway, this is to set up. We're going to talk tomorrow about the, the perfect law that gives freedom and, and what it means to live into uh, a freedom through the word of God. But I, I felt the need to, to kind of shape this out with these pastoral cautions lifted up. Better than attending three, four, or five Bible studies a week, as good as that is, better might be to attend church, give your attention to the sermon, and maybe one additional, and try to go deep. Do a few things well. <laughs> Apply what, what, what you have learned before you try to learn more, okay? So let me stop there. Uh, not trying to spank, trying to encourage, um, but let's at least, hopefully you listen one more uh, study till tomorrow when we talk about the perfect law that gives freedom. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the many Bible teachers and pastors and leaders that have shaped us and continue to shape us uh, through uh, through, through each day and, and, and through the years of our lives. We thank you for those godly women and men who have studied and bring your word to us. Oh, how thankful I am for Skip and Charlie and Mike and, 
and uh, Doug and Frank and my seminary professors. Oh, how I thank you for the ways in which and for Eric and Austin and others who carry your word to us here at Greenwich. Thank you for your word. It changes our lives. Forgive us when we fall short of putting into practice. And so, Lord, guide us, guard us, deepen us, lead us into a fuller obedience and faithfulness, practicing uh, the wonderful words of life uh, that we hear from Scripture. Thank you for James and the way he teaches us through this image of the mirror. And so as we gaze upon your word today, Lord, we want to we wanna recognize, we want to keep looking, and we want to do so that we might be blessed in all that we do. So watch over us, Lord, as we head into the rest of this day, praying in the name of the Savior, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May Jesus, the living word, full of grace and truth, manifest himself through his spirit in your life in gracious acts of, of, of truth and life and mercy, this day and forevermore. Amen.